Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. All right, y'all. So today we're going to talk about getting out of shape in relationship. We're going to talk about why it happens. We're going to talk about how to talk about it. We're going to talk about integrity gaps and how to close those. We're going to talk about your kids and their future, being healthy versus looking good. We're going to talk about how you can both get momentum and make this easy and simple so you can both get to where you want to be and just doing what you both enjoy so you can keep doing it. Because as we know, you can only sustain what is repeatable. So let's jump into it. So let's talk about why it happens. Why do we tend to... What does fitness and health tend to go on the back burner once we get into a relationship, once we get comfortable? I think that's number one. A lot of times we get in relationship and part of the stoppage of doing what you know got you into the relationship or helped you get that person or attract that person, that is what contributes to it, right? The stoppage of doing all the things that you did in the courtship phase, the honeymoon phase. Maybe there's an unhealed part of you that tries to impress, that tries to posture to be this exceptional version of yourself to gain the person in the first place, then once you have them and the chase is over, you stop doing the things that attracted that person, person in the first place, right? And a lot of that is being in shape, looking your best, right? So what that boils down to is there needs to be a conversation early on, you know, preferably. If it doesn't happen early on, it needs to happen at some point or soon. Doesn't matter when it happens, just needs to happen on what are your shared values. Now, this doesn't just go for health and fitness. This goes for, I mean, everything. This is something that Haley and I had a conversation on like day one. What are our shared values? Parenting. How do you parent? If you plan on having kids or if you're bringing kids into the relationship, how do you parent? How do you handle discipline, right? What are your, you know, values on religion? What are your values on relationship? What's important to you in communication? What do you prefer sexually? What do you, what are your needs? What are your desires? What are your goals? What are your desired outcomes of your life? What is your five to 10 year plan? Or what is your five to 10 year projection or vision for your life and your health, wealth relationship? So all this encompasses a lot, but this particularly for the purposes of this episode pertains to your health goals. So what are your values and is health and fitness a value? Call me biased, I think it should be. Lengthens your life, increases your quality of life, increases your joy and happiness in many areas of your life, increased ability to enjoy your children longer and be active with your children longer, you know, of your parents. And a lot of this is gonna, a lot of this information I'm putting out today is gonna pertain to parents, right? Um, because if you don't have kids now, maybe you will. You know, it's something that obviously a lot of relationships talk about and, or, you know, if you don't have kids, you're going to plan on it probably, right? Or you want them, maybe you don't, but regardless, this is going to pertain to parents, non-parents, and even people who are not in relationships as you go into your next one, these are things to think about, right? So that you don't make mistakes that I've made in the past and that, you know, go into it with a, a shared value of health and fitness. So this doesn't happen or this has less likelihood of happening, or if it does happen, you can navigate the conversation, right? So are we avoiding tough conversations? A lot of times we uh, avoid pain, right? And the avoidance of pain keeps us in pain. I tell this story about, you know, so this story is from the book, The Untethered Soul. 
And in that, the author talks about someone gets a thorn, two people get a thorn in their arm. The first person takes the thorn out, no more pain, right? They, they address it head on, take it out, no more pain. The second person you know, puts a Band-Aid over the thorn or, or avoids brushing the thorn in the thing. And then they have to do all these other things to make sure that they're avoiding any more or excess pain from that thorn. Well, person one is free of the thorn. They moved on. They're going on with their life. Person two thinks they're free of the thorn, but in reality, they're a slave to the thorn because their, their whole life is built around avoiding pain. So where are we doing that? And are we avoiding tough conversations or conversations that we think are going to be hard because of you know, bringing up health and fitness might offend the other person, might trigger them. You know, you're afraid of a, an argument. You're afraid of a conflict, right? Well, that's just ca- cash. That's just a credit card. You're just swiping a credit card. Every time you avoid this conversation or any conversation that you deem to be tough, triggering, et cetera, you're swiping a credit card and you will have to pay off that balance eventually. So let's have the conversation, lean into it. Obviously, we want to do that with compassion. This is a conversation. This is an area where you and your partner can develop so much closeness, so much safety, intimacy, understanding, and safety. Every tough conversation has the potential to lead to those things. But we have to have a pulse on certain things during the conversation so that it can happen that way. And we have to be able to stay in the arena with one another. And I'm speaking from a place of having made many mistakes and not being able to stay in the arena for a a majority of my life. And then now cultivating the ability to do so and still struggling with it at times. But the value here is if you're able to lean into these tough conversations with one another, seek to understand versus trying to be right or getting defensive, the outcome of these tough conversations will be so much intimacy, so much love, so much trust and closeness, and it'll enhance every facet of your relationship. So I can't stress enough, if you're avoiding the conversation about someone being out of shape, yourself being out of shape, if your partner approaches you about getting healthier, right? And this can be a very triggering topic. If you're able to stay in the arena, you know, and you're both able to share and voice your concerns, voice your fears, and do so in a loving way and, and, and that the outcome of that conversation is more closeness, compassion, you've really got something there. That's a very, very good trait of a relationship. So look at it as an opportunity. Look at every tough conversation as a trailhead that leads to more growth. Can't stress that enough. So a lot of times also this happens, right? And we're going to talk about, you know, obviously being healthy versus looking good, right? This is not about vanity. This is not about uh, purely aesthetics of a body. And, you know, it's different getting unhealthy and getting out of shape is different than someone coming to you and saying, hey, I need you to be skinny, right? That's totally different. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about healthy lifestyle. And the two can be, do do correlate to an extent, obviously. Being healthy obviously correlates with looking a certain way to an extent, because as you get healthier, naturally, you're going to lose excess body fat and get leaner, build muscle tissue. That's going to change your appearance. But we're not saying you have to look a certain way or that there is a standard of beauty aesthetics that we're going for here. We're going for health. We're going for active lifestyle. We're going for the things that create longevity in your life and increase your quality of life. That's the main point. Just wanted to put that disclaimer out. The big part of this conversation as well, when you have this conversation or they have this conversation with you, or it's a mutual conversation where, hey, we both, we've both kind of backslid in our fitness commitments or health. We used to be a lot more active. Now we're not. We're unhappy with how we look or how we feel. Let's get a handle on this because a lot of couples 
come to that, right? It's just like a mutual decision. They're like, hey, we had the kids, the jobs are getting, you know, super ridiculous. It seems impossible. How can we get momentum? We'll talk about that too. But you really need to keep a pulse on within yourself where you're triggered, where you're activated, where something the other person says activates you. This is just, you know, general conversation tips. But especially with this conversation, where do you get activated? Most importantly, keep a pulse on where you are threatened by the growth of your partner. And they need to keep a pulse on where they are threatened by your growth. Now, this doesn't just go for health and fitness. We're going to keep it here for this conversation, but also community outside of relationship, attention outside of relationship, career growth, financial growth, you know, looking better, feeling better. If we are threatened by the growth of our partner, we really need to pay attention to that. And it's not because we need to shame ourselves if that's present. We just need to be aware of it because again, it's a trailhead to learn more about self. Why? Just be curious. Why am I threatened by him getting hotter? Why am I threatened by her getting attention from other men? Am I jealous? Am I insecure? Am I possessive? All these things are okay. These are human emotions. So we don't avoid them, right? Just like we don't avoid the tough conversation. We lean into them. We say, oh, this is an opportunity for me to learn more about myself, more about my partner. If your partner is threatened by your growth and he or she is man enough or woman enough or person enough to admit it, if they are self-aware enough, we'll say, if they're integrated or you know, uh, safe enough with self to admit that and be vulnerable about it, that's something you want to help them feel safe to talk about. You don't want to shame them. You want to be like, oh, you're threatened by my growth. We don't want to go there. Now we're in me versus you you know, attacking defensive mentality. That's If it becomes adversarial, take a step back, bring it back to relationship. If you can't, it's hard. It's, again, it's going to be a very triggering topic, but talk about, you know, yeah, I am, uh, super vulnerable conversation would be like, yeah, I am threatened. I feel, I, I, I get activated. Maybe it's not threatened. You just get activated. If like, if you get hot in a bikini, you know, what if you get attention from other men, right? I feel jealous. I feel threatened. I feel concerned right? It's just something to have a pulse on and talk about it. And then you can mutually explore that. Say, well, yeah, it goes back to this. I got cheated on when I was in this relationship. And now I fear having a more attractive partner because I might feel that again. And I've built my whole life around not feeling that ever again. Those kinds of like light bulbs can lead to greater understanding of each other. And that's what relationship is all about, growing together, not apart, right? So how do we talk about it, right? So we kind of already talked about this a little bit. We've already leaned into this, but watch for where you get triggered. Like something they say, triggers are trailheads, right? It's not, you know, when we feel triggered, we feel activated. It comes up in us like a visceral feeling and we want to just react and defend, right? Like I encounter this all the time with mean comments on social media because for me, I feel like someone's insulting my credibility or questioning, you know, my competency, or my ability to talk about this subject matter, right? So I get defensive and I feel the need to trigger type back and be like, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking, you know, that's me, right? That's a lot of, and I have a lot, many, many more, right? But now, you know, it's opportunity for to say, why, why do I, why do I feel insulted by this random person? Why do I feel triggered? What insecurity in me is, is coming up? Because, you know, when we embrace our insecurities and our flaws and our, the things that activate us, this is where we really start to grow, right? So, when during this conversation, what, however you bring it up, how approach it, I obviously, I think, you know, statistically, 70% of conversations hinge on how the conversation has started. 
right? So starting this conversation in a healthy way is very important. Uh, also, disclaimer, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an armchair therapist. These are just things that have worked for me. Just want to say that. But I've noticed for me, you know, if I start a conversation with, first of all, asking if this is a good time to talk, because it's not always a good time to bring this up. Someone's busy with the kids. Someone's had a stressful day at work. Someone is, you know, cleaning the house and has a million things to do. You're, you're anything like my partner. She, you know, she, like she, she, there's a lot of stuff to do. It can be overwhelming. It's so like not a good time to bring up a relationship concern usually, right? So ask, hey, is it a good time? And if it is, then you lean in, right? And from a compassionate place, not a, keep it about you. Keep it on your side of the street. I have noticed this. I am wondering about this. I'm struggling with this. I, 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 right? Obviously, there's things to address about the other person, but say how it impacts you. How does not having health or fitness as a priority in the relationship or have a, have back, have having backslid on that, how has that impacted you? Have you noticed it impacting the relationship? Right. We want to stay away from areas where we feel like we want to fix, rescue, advise, or project. Right. During this conversation, keep an eye on where you attempt to fix the other person, right? I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix this thing about you because that, that, that kind of, that's, it's an assessment, right? You're making an assessment on the other person. They have their world. You have your world. Keep an eye on where you try to fix or rescue. Oh, I'm going to rescue you because you are not capable of fixing yourself, right? Like when we go into this triangle of victim, rescuer, um, victim, rescuer, and, and the villain, right? Like we can't get out of that triangle. It's a triangle that's unproductive and, and, and we stay in it and we stay in conflict and we, it, it, it keeps us trapped, right? So when we try to rescue somebody, we're saying you're not capable of empowering yourself. So therefore I must rescue you and it takes away their power. And it's a very unproductive expenditure of your energy, right? We can empower, we can support, we want to rescue, advise or project. If you're dealing with something internally, and you assume that, you know, we assume we make assessments and we don't know their world, right? In every conflict and every conversation, there's two different worlds, two different perceptions, two different lenses through which life is being viewed. So it's very important to keep an eye on those things. Am I trying to fix, rescue, advise, or project? I got that from my mentor. I cannot take credit for that. Great mentor. And it was something that he really helped me with in conversation. That's where we get into trouble, right? So watch for that. Now, another thing shared load and teamwork. I think it's really important because people can feel really isolated or attacked with these kinds of conversations about getting in shape or if it starts to lean towards looking a certain way or if it's something where, you know, we are making assessments about the other person's lifestyle, habits, integrity, et cetera. Keep it team oriented. In any kind of attempt to improve or grow in the relationship, make it team oriented, not me and you or me versus you, but let's do this together. How can I support you in this? Right. Or I need your support, right? Like how can we work together to accomplish this mutually beneficial goal of getting healthier, getting active and setting a great example for our kids. If you have kids, right. Let's talk briefly about integrity gaps. Integrity gaps are the gap between what you say you're going to do or what you say you value and what you actually do. That's the gap. We want to close those right, over time. And so obviously this applies to everything, not just health and fitness, but it, it really does apply to health and fitness. Because if we say, 
it's important for me to look good, feel good, perform well, have energy, you know, fit into this type of clothing so I feel good and confident about myself, whatever it is, whatever's of value to you. Do you embody that with the way you live your life? And we can get into what was your example of a child? Did your parents have integrity gaps? You know, and we tend to repeat how we were parented, right? But to break that chain, close those gaps. And how do we close those gaps? Well, we make your commitments very, very small and we complete those readily. Commit slowly, complete readily. Something I say a lot, I've been saying it for a long time. It's how you gain momentum with self, with any kind of endeavor you have, whether it's with fitness, whether it's with finances, whether it's with just personal habits, to gain momentum, oftentimes we set the bar way too high because we're comparing to other people, right? And this is just you. This is you and your journey. So make your commitment very small. For example, what are some examples? Well, if I want to be more active, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to go on one walk this week or one walk this month. It can be as ridiculously simple and small as you want. The point is you complete it because the integrity gaps grow when we fall short on commitments to our own word. And the root of all struggle with, you know, weight loss, fat loss, fitness, any kind of health endeavor is the same as anywhere else in life. Whereas we have made a commitment and we've not followed through on it time and time again. And therefore we don't trust ourselves to make new commitments. We don't trust ourselves to follow through. So make your commitments very small. I will walk once this month. Maybe you walk 18 times this month. But if you say, I'm going to walk 10 times this week and you only walk eight, let's say, you feel like a failure. You're like, oh, I fell short. I suck. If you say, I'm going to walk once this week and you walk eight times this week, you feel like a champion. See the difference? You walk the same amount of times, but in one, your commitment was realistic and the other one, it wasn't. So we see this all the time with New Year's resolutioners, right? Set your commitments very low but complete very readily. And you can do this together as a couple. Say, hey, listen, this week, let's go to the gym one time. You know, Let's make sure the kids are here or taken care of. Or if that's not an option to go together, you go separately. You don't have to do this together. That's another point I want to make. You don't have to go to the gym together. You don't have to do the same things, right? Like maybe he likes to lift weights. I'm just throwing out examples. He likes to lift weights. You like to do Pilates. He likes to go run. You like to go lift weights. Cool. They're both fitness. Make sure you both do your thing. So maybe you say, you go on a run this week. I'm going to go to the gym once this week. Let's just commit to that as a couple. And let's build some relationship momentum and some completion on our commitments together. Now we'll both feel good about this, right? Keep it, and that's, that, I can't stress that enough to keep it very, very simple and attainable starting out so that you can gain momentum. Real quick, let's talk about your kids and their future, right? This is a tough one because we are the breakers of the chain. And what I mean by that is, you know, our generation, when I say our, I mean people around my age, people in your 30s, 40s, maybe late 20s. Our parents didn't have access to the tools that we now have in terms of therapy, self-work, mentorship, et cetera. Didn't really exist in the 70s, 80s, 90s not in large part, right? And so we have real opportunities here to break patterns from our parents. Health and fitness is something that I am very, very privileged and lucky to have had it exemplified for me by both parents growing up. Therefore, it is a embedded value. It's in my veins. Like I just work out because it's what I've always done. 
Uh, that is a rarity. That is not the norm. Most people don't have that example. And therefore, you have to cultivate it as a parent yourself now in this new relationship, in this new role as a parent. So I can't stress enough how important it is that if you want this to be a value for your children and set them up for success with their health, it starts with you. Now, we don't model perfection. Being a parent does not mean being perfect. It means integrity and ownership. It means when you make your mistakes, and you will make many, you own them. You demonstrate ownership to your kids. You demonstrate that we can be imperfect. We can be erroneous. We can make, we can fall short, but we have the integrity to own it and do better, right? That's it. That's setting up them up for success. So for those of you who are realizing right now that maybe you haven't been setting your kids up for success with their health and the habits that you've showcased in terms of the way you diet, your lack of exercise and lifestyle, the foods you're eating in front of them and the foods they're eating, don't shame yourself. Own it and do better. Make better choices with your nutrition moving forward. Show them that you can own that you haven't been setting the best example thus far, but you're going to work on it and do better. And doesn't mean you have to be the exemplar. It means that you are showing them that you can work towards a healthier lifestyle, a more integrated version of yourself, right? You don't stay in patterns. You don't stay stagnant in your behavior. Behavior modification is hard. And so it's not going to be perfect. Behavior modification is one of the hardest things to do, especially with our health and fitness, especially with eating, any kind of like activating, you know, survival behaviors that we exhibit. We're, we have a quick trigger and we snap on our kids, right? Because it's what was demonstrated to us. Those things don't change overnight. Very, very important though that we model that we can change and we are the chain breakers. I truly feel like this generation has the opportunity to set a different example for our kids. So, it is your responsibility to break the chain. It's not your fault if you had shitty parenting growing up or if you had parents that, you know, imbued certain patterns in you. Because, I mean, look, look in their defense, in our parents' defense, look at their generation, the Great Depression generation, even worse. They don't even know what therapy was. They just need to put food on the table, right? We have these resources now. It's our responsibility to model different behavior, right? Our parents did their best, their parents did their best. Our best is going to be breaking these cycles. And it starts, I mean, it's so important to do it with your health and fitness. Because again, we're talking about adding years to your life, all the health benefits, you know, decreased chances of disease. You know, if you have a family history of obesity, of diabetes, of any kind of heart disease, having an active lifestyle and eating whole foods and prioritizing protein and walking more and getting stronger is going to completely offset the risk of all those things. It won't prevent them, but it will drastically decrease the likelihood of your children having the same fate. So if nothing else, remember that, right? Your health, especially the health you're in at conception, the health you're in during their early years is going to set the tone for them. What was a value to my parents? If you think about it, it's like your values now, you have a lot of shared values with your parents just by default. And eventually, you know, in our 30s, we start becoming our own people and realizing some of the shit that we learned as kids wasn't exactly best. And just because our family did it doesn't mean we have to do it. We start having all these realizations, but you can do this earlier, right? You can set the tone for them now with awareness, right? 
So let's talk about being healthy versus looking good. This is where this conversation get really triggering, especially when I post stuff like this online. People, a lot of people hear what I'm saying, but they hear a version of it that is you're not good enough as you are. And we don't want that conversation with your partner to come across that way either. This is not about, I want to be very clear. This is not about looking a certain standard or having a certain kind of body. All of our bodies are different. All of our bodies store body fat differently. All of our bodies store muscle or have they dim, they showcase muscle tissue differently or they you have different composition than your female counterparts, your male counterparts, whatever. And especially for kids, there is no physical standard for, you know, how you should look. Now, obviously, kids are very mean and they're going to have all they see is skinny versus fat. But as adults, we know there's a lot more to it than that, right? You have hormones, you have, again, body fat storage, you have genetics, you have the, the, your proportions of your body, right? All this is determined at birth by your genetics is in, in large part. But the body fat and muscle tissue is something that we can control and some to, in, in large part. Some of us obviously have a hard time losing body fat, harder time than others. Some of us gain muscle tissue rather quickly, right? Like for example, Haley and I, complete opposite spectrums. I, blessing and a curse, mostly a blessing, struggle to gain weight. It's just my genetics always has been. But I also struggle to gain muscle tissue, which is, as a male, has always been my goal to gain muscle tissue and to shape my body. It took me a very, very long time to accumulate the muscle tissue that I now have. Haley gains muscle tissue much easier than me. Like she is strong as shit. And she does that comparatively easily. But as a competitive bodybuilder, she struggles more than others to reduce her body fat. It's very stubborn. And so we all are on different spectrums of that. And it's important to, you know, keep that in mind because your progression, your rate of progression or the rate that, at which you visually change will not mirror other people. It's going to be your journey. Don't compare your start to someone else's middle. Don't compare your body to some Instagram influencer who's Photoshopping themselves. The comparison game is a thief of all joy, as we know. So while all that is true, what is also true is the basic tenets of improving your body are the same, which are get stronger, prioritize protein, average a calorie goal, and walk a lot. If you do those things, you know, if you have an active lifestyle, you're eating a lot of protein, you're eating whole foods, and you're getting stronger, you're gonna improve your health and you're going to shape your body. Now, that being said, this again, I can't stress enough that this is not about your husband coming to you and saying, Hey, I prefer a skinny woman, or hey, you got you've gotten a little fat. That's unhealthy. That is borderline misogynistic. And that is not the way that we want to start this conversation. And if that conversation has started this way, then you guys need to get a third party to help you navigate it and help him gain some awareness of how this information is being delivered. A lot of men and women don't really understand how to have a compassionate conversation about this. I hope this episode helps with that. I hope this video helps with that. But it's very important that we distinguish between I need you to look a certain way and health is a value to me. And I want us to embody that for us, for our longevity, for our quality of life, and for our children, if you have any. Those are all noble, integral reasons to want to get healthier. And so that's kind of the place we want to have this conversation from. And we obviously have physical preferences within us. We have most of us, right? Unless you're like a sapiosexual or something like that. 
I'm a little skeptical about that. But we all, it's okay, I guess is my point, to have physical preferences and have arousal templates based around physical looks. That is okay. That can exist. I think it probably exists more so for men than for women, but both can have it. That can be a thing. And it's a conversation to have early on so that it is known the duration of the relationship that that is your preference going in. You know, like I prefer a certain, a certain look physically. I do. I have a preference. Haley has a physical preference. And both of our preferences happen to uh, relate to physical fitness. And it boils down to we prefer a partner who values their physical fitness. It's a shared interest. It's a common interest. And it's a shared thing we can both progress in. And it also produces a, at a minimum level, a certain look. And that is okay. That can exist. Right? So I think that's a hard truth that we all need to kind of accept is that it is okay to have physical preferences and a byproduct of living a healthy lifestyle is maintaining that physical look for one another at a minimum level. Now, that that look, quote unquote, is going to vary person to person, right? You know, some people have a more extreme version of that. Some people have a very... A different version of that where it's like, you know, you can have a, you can have a, I'm great with uh, a certain look or the look that, you know, this accumulation of body fat, like there, it's very important. This is a slippery slope, but we want to be very, like, we want to be very careful with this conversation in terms of how you look, quote unquote, right? It's more about health. Point being, if we embody a healthy lifestyle, a byproduct will be a healthier, quote unquote, fitter look, whatever that means for you and your partner, right? I think that's the best way I can explain that. I hope that makes sense. But it's okay to have preferences. What is not okay, in my opinion, is to police, to try and change the other person. Because then we walk into this territory of you are not okay as you are. And that is what we want to stay away from. Again, Fix, rescue, advise, or project. We want to stay away from those types of things, but it is not okay to then, if we've made a commitment, we don't then want to police the other person where it's like, hey, you know, why aren't you going on a walk? Why haven't you been to the gym? These why type of questions. We don't want to get into that territory. It's just something we want to continue to work towards together, right? I've noticed, good way to start it, right? In a compassionate way. Hey, I noticed we, we made this agreement with each other and I've noticed we, we didn't do that. Is there, how can I support you in following through on that commitment we made? Now you're just embodying integrity. Now you're just trying to work as a team to follow through on an agreement you both made together. We want to grow together, not apart, right? That's the whole point of this. And like I said earlier, we don't have to do the same things. We don't have to both go lift weights. We don't have to both go run. We can go on this. It's like we want to be in alignment. We don't have to agree or go on the exact same path. Like we don't have to be on the same path, but we need to be headed in the same direction, basically, right? You can go on your Pilates path and I can go on my deadlifting path or CrossFit path and you can go on your bar path. Great. But we're headed in the same direction, which is health. I'm not going to try and 
pigeonhole you into doing CrossFit and you're not going to try to pigeonhole me into doing yoga. I'm throwing terms out there, right? The point is that we're going, we're in alignment. We don't have to agree, but we can be in alignment. We don't have to be on the same path. We can be headed in the same direction. This is overarching for relationship, right? And the last thing I want to say, I want to go, I just want to reiterate one more time. Don't avoid the conversation. When you feel like you're avoiding, when you feel it come up, when you're like, I'm feeling resistance to this conversation, that is your cue to lean in and have it in a compassionate way. I guarantee you, no matter what, you're going to learn things about each other. And if you're able to stay in the arena and work through these triggering conversations, the outcome will be growth. The outcome will be a better relationship, a closer relationship. And you may have to get a third party to help you navigate these things. You might. And that's okay. I've done it. It can be helpful. Right? And if you do that, know that it's not because I'm trying to fix you with a therapist. Don't come from that place. It needs to be a mutual agreement. Let's get some help navigating this so that we can grow together. Right? Hope you got value from this. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you all soon. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.